Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Caitlin Batsios, co-owner of Helix Cafe located in Andersonville's North End. Helix offers a full selection of half-wit coffee and espresso drinks, ice drinks, tea drinks, as well as a full breakfast and lunch menu at 6237 North Clark. Welcome, Caitlin. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited. I get to explore the like sound bunker of Andersonville. I didn't know existed. Yes. Um, down here in uh, Studio C under Transistor. Very cool. Um, so we always like to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yes. So I never thought I would be a small business owner. That was probably never on my radar. I uh, I, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and I watched the movie Thank You for Smoking, and I was like, I'm going to move to the big city and be a lobbyist. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I feel like most people don't watch things on smoking and be like, that's what I'm going to do. And um, then I mean, you could have grown up to say, like, I'm just going to be a smoker. I'm just going to be. A, I could have. I could have been like, I'm a smoker. Right, but right. this seemed lobbying seemed a little bit more effective. Or right. Like a better use of my tuition dollars at college. Um but I went to school at Loyola and I came to the big city and was familiar with the neighborhood of Andersonville, Edgewater, Rogers Park, everywhere. Um, and in college, got really, really interested in education and what were all of the systemic issues in Chicago that education was either helping or hurting or, or a lack of education was hurting or a lack of uh, quality education. And so post graduating, I actually moved to rural Mississippi, where they have a massive teacher shortage and um, did a alternative teacher certification program and taught for a while down there. And then was like, hey, oh, I miss Chicago, this big city life. I moved from big city to a city of like, well, town of 4,000 people, which was a real adjustment, and uh, moved back to Chicago and taught on the southwest side. And then got into this whole idea of like, what are we teaching kids? What are all of these learning opportunities in the city that we don't expose youth to? And ventured into coaching teachers on how to leverage all of their community assets in education. So whether it be nonprofit partners, um, like, I don't know, the social sector, the small business sector, and how youth could leverage their passions to work into curriculum. Um, and through that, I kind of kept coming back to this idea that like small business could be change agents in education. <laughs> and at the same time I was doing this, um, my college roommate, Sean, was uh, overseeing Loyola's student business program, Loyola Limited. And we kept coming back to this idea of like, what are small business do businesses doing well? What aren't they doing well? How do they leverage education? And so we came together last year, July 2018, and we're like, what if we just opened something that hired youth and really was a community asset for employing and developing youth? And what would that look like? And what were our views on small business as change agents and development um, places, I guess? And so Helix uh, opened with the mission to reduce the state's youth unemployment, which is currently at 70%, or it was in 70% in 2017. Um, it varies across different demographic sectors, sections, but um, we really wanted to take that head on um, and really be a community hub at the same time as employing and developing youth. 
Yeah. And can you talk about that Loyola Limited program a little bit more? I read a little bit about it and it opens businesses as well and hires folks. Yes, absolutely. So Loyola Loyola Limited is housed within Loyola and it's where Loyola students can um, open a business through like a small business loan within the university. So students identify a business need on campus uh, and then they develop a business and open it. So Sean actually opened uh, a pizza shop on Broadway when he was like 19 or 20. And at the same time, we had friends opening a hotel, a bar, bike shops, um, chain links down down the street. Uh, And then students every year, it rotates who like the executive team is. So every year, a new student is running the business from top to bottom. They employ all of the students within the business. and actually, kind of the intersection of Sean and I was a couple of years ago at Loyola, they also expanded a high school partnership with After School Matters, where After School Matters students were working in Loyola businesses and being mentored by college students. So, And we started to just kind of discuss the high school needs for employment. So can you talk to us a little bit more about, you You said you and Sean got together last July or July 2018? July, yeah, 2018, right? That, I guess yeah, we've yeah, passed yeah, 19 like, like, now and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but more than a year ago. And so you you throw this idea out there. What was the process like of, of getting the idea of Helix Cafe off the ground to actual opening day? Yeah. Uh, the cafe is very much a vehicle. So the first thing was we want to open a business that employs youth where do we do that? What is the business? And so I think we initially started by just looking at neighborhoods and seeing like where our community ties were, where needs were. And we kept, um, we kept running back to like Rogers Park Edgewater and being like, you know, our, our roots are here. It was our first home in Chicago for both of us. Uh, and there's this like massive need for youth employment everywhere. And so we, started to settle on the area and then started doing a lot of research about like what businesses were needed and what businesses would accomplish our goals. And we identified our goals of like being a community hub, having um, enough employees where we could employ more than just like a person uh, and that it would also be a good revenue supported program. Uh, so we we wrote like a few business plans actually. <laughs> so we had a few things going and I should say we, Sean, Sean wrote some business plans and I consulted. Uh, he's got the MBA in this relationship. I've got a master's in education. And so we kind of looked at like what we had and started deciding like what actually made sense and what would we enjoy and what would a neighborhood get behind. And we just kept going back to also North Clark, um, North Andersonville as being kind of a weird space where there's a lot of little things going on, but it doesn't have the full like you know, continuity of a business district. And we were like, that needs some sort of anchor. Um, and that there's lots of businesses and there's people, but it's, it doesn't have like a one thing that like ties things together. And we we really decided we wanted to, to do something there. And we both really like cafes. <laughs> we were like, this makes sense. There's a there. It's aligned to like youth employment needs. Um, like hospitality is continuously a small business need um, for employment for youth, and that it would have a constant flow of people, and we could do events. So we kind of settled on cafe through that. Uh, but I think lo- looking ahead, we're never we're never tied to the cafe. It's weird to be like, I opened a coffee shop. I never worked in a coffee shop. Uh, nor did I think that this might be the thing. You know, a year ago. So. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And talk about the space itself. Like who designed it? How did you come up with how it would look and what you would serve and yes. all those details? So the space, we work with Halfwit, 
And we work with Halfwit because they were really interested in employing our youth as managers moving forward. So they were this great employee pipeline. Um, and they have a local designer, Paul Leeson, that they worked with for many of their cafes. He lives in the neighborhood and was really excited about uh, helping us design this. And he's a woodworker and just kind of got behind our vision of like Helix. And Helix, the idea for the name came from the, how we are people and small businesses and schools are the DNA of every neighborhood. And we want to bring ourselves into that. And so he got really behind that and from a design aesthetic. So we have lots of things weaving together and interconnectivity. And we've got some weird like sciency, like woodworking things that a lot of people don't notice. <laughs> so, but, um, so he helped us design it. And then, uh, Sean and I's friend, John Ferreira, is a local, actually Andersonville-based general contractor with Tinker and Chance and uh, opened the Andersonville, the guest house. And so he was our GC just because he was a friend. He also was, he was opening the hotel at Loyola at the same time Sean was opening the pizza shop. So it was this like weird fusion of Loyola love happening on North Clark and Dome. Uh, and we... The space itself, we wanted to be versatile and able to host a lot of events, but also be a great space for people to come and work or talk and have a good good time with their friends or have a meeting and be comfortable, but accessible and kind of welcoming and friendly. So we've got everything is from the same cherry wood, which was determined by our designer to be a really uh, warm glow. We've got great windows there, so we get really good sunlight, which the wood reflects off of. Um, and then John helped us with a lot of the electrical and plumbing and getting all the nitty gritty done on the, the, the space. And how has the, the neighborhood received you? I mean, you're right up there by Raven, which I very much appreciated over the summer because I was like, kids, I'm not going to be able to pick you up on time. Walk to this great cafe. It's like steps away from it. So Exactly. And remind me about that later. I've got exciting things to talk about with oh. the Raven. Oh, but, good. Um, yeah. We're, the neighborhood was so receptive. I think that there's just a ton of really great energy there. Neighbors are amazing. Uh, Hate's right there. Northside Catholic's right there. Sends down the street. Uh, Sullivan's a little bit further north, but a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, and we just had a, a really, we've had a really, really lovely time with everyone from the community. I don't think we've met any resistance, knock on wood or metal or whatever is here. Uh, but everyone has been really excited we're there. And I think that it's cool in your neighborhood to see a vacant space transformed into something where you can go on a daily basis. Or at least you know it's there and you can visit it. Or there's something always neat happening. Um, regarding the Raven, we are collaborating with them to do a pop-up dinner series. So on opening nights for shows, uh, we'll be having pop-up dinners in the space and getting local chefs in, in the space to do some really cool artistic supper club style dinners. That's so, awesome. That's really cool. Is that starting with this new season? Yes. I think we've got our date coming up is, I think it's early November. I think it's it's right okay. after we, we open. We're popping up in their lobby for the actual opening of their first show. Uh, and then we're going to be getting the dinner series going. Very cool. This is Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. This episode is brought to you by Meeting House Tavern, located at Clark and Winnemac, where you can enjoy free pool, darts, skee-ball, and more, or play one of the dozens of board games. They have daily and everyday specials to quench all thirsts, plus Thursday night karaoke and the Sunday social variety show. Never a cover. Find out more at meetinghousetavern.com or on Facebook. 
Joelle, how do you become a sponsor? Well, Laura, any of our chamber member businesses or a business considering becoming a member can email us directly for sponsorship information at info at andersonville.org. We offer sponsorship for both one episode or four episodes in a row. We are always looking for new sponsors, and we also encourage listener feedback. So if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please email us at info at andersonville.org. You can also email us with questions, comments, or general neighborhood inquiries. We look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share Always Andersonville, the podcast on iTunes. So can you talk to us a little bit more about um, the philosophy behind the employee program and how that all works if if we, you know, pretend we were students looking for employment, right? Yes. Now. Yeah, I read about your employment arc, right? Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. So we believe that everyone should be personally and professionally developed and that everyone coming in is coming in at a different space. And so as an employee, our expectation is that you learn your role in the cafe. And we've got three roles that are always rotating. Um, and we want you to learn two out, two, to th- two out of the three of those in the first three weeks of working for us so that you can actually do a role in the cafe. And that involves, you know, following standard operating procedures, uh, being punctual and to work on time, uh, interacting with customers, being able to handle cash, uh, work on a point of sale service. Um, and then once we've got those, the actual roles down, we start to do some pathway development and we start to say, what is it you really want to do long term? Or do you know what you want to do long term? And what are the foundational skills that go into that? So we talk about foundational skills. We think of planning for success, conflict management, social awareness, uh, working across lines of difference. Um, and we start to build those out through one-on-one like meetings or whole group like what we refer to as programming sessions. And those are on a, an abundance of topics. And we work with uh, external partners. We had a couple neighbors come in and talk about uh, empathy in coffee. And so they did a really cool workshop on when you think about different types of coffee, what memories do those recall? How does that relate to how you interact with others? What are some people coming in for for their coffee? Um, and really built up what we consider to be those like soft skills that everyone would need. Um, as we're doing the foundational skill development, we're assigning everyone on our team to a business team. So those include our marketing, operations, and finance. And the youth are then actually running the back end of those things with some guidance. So uh, our finance team recently did a marginal analysis of our pricing, is developing our catering menu, determining, okay, I think there's a lot of youth come in and are like, okay, you're too expensive. And we're like, well, why? Explain that to us. And then we're talking about what are the cost of goods sold and like, what are what are COGS and how does that relate to your business? And um, if your turkey costs 17 cents a slice or whatever it is, um, how do you price it? And what are like industry standards and trends? So in cafes, you want to be making 67%. Um, how do we then price things that are accessible? And how could you articulate that to someone? And like, uh, really getting to the back end of that. On marketing, um, they're going di- to be diving into our newsletter, which we haven't sent in a while, but we're, we're getting that back up and running and talking about you know design and what are your like actual measurements you want for success. Um, and then with operations, we've been doing menu development. We also have looked at things like we're actually kind of slow after school and we're surrounded by schools. How can youth take that on and say, okay, here's the problem. What's the solution? How do we get people in? What does that look like? Uh, and they're all meeting on that. So our arc is really learn your job, 
then have foundational skills, decide what your pathway for the future is, and then how can we support that where you're getting real world experience on a team? Um, and in addition to that, we're supporting youth for what is next. So I was explaining to someone the other day, uh, because I'm a small business owner, I don't have my own like fancy company giving me insurance. And when I was navigating like the insurance realm, I was lost. And I am a person with a master's degree who has navigated systems my whole life. So if I was 19 and I may not be a native English speaker and I've never had a job before and I have no idea like how much of my money could go towards insurance. I Like I needed help as someone who has had a professional career. Uh, what help do youth need? And then we think about that a lot for like what are the things that we can guide youth on that we might not uh, explicitly articulate, but ends up happening. So, and it's been really, really random. Um, we've done a lot of assistance for like, what kind of doctor should you find? Or like, what do you need to talk about? Or like, we have, we had a youth who was having like foot pain and like, who do you need to go to about that? Like, why is like general practice versus like physical therapist and like all of those things, like random stuff I never thought I'd be talking about, but do on a daily basis. And how many of you at Helix, aside from yourself and Sean, how many do you feel like are um, actively serving as these youth mentors and coaches? Um, how many people on your staff? Us. Yeah, I was wondering. Us. It's, it's pretty I was us. wondering. Pretty us. Yeah. So we have, um, we have a general manager, Shanique, who is in her 20s, but over 24. Um, and she is doing a lot of development. She's running projects, but I would say... Uh, one-on-one -on -one coaching, a little bit less. And then we have another adult employee, Dalila, who works with us. And she she's like kind of team mom. Like she's very like land on the law and like doing a lot of like uh, school mentorship, I would say, but not direct like one-on-one -on -one mentorship. But our, our goal though moving forward is that our actual youth, as we promote them, are taking on the same roles that Sean and I have played. And so that we would step out, other people would step in. Um, we've leveraged a lot of, honestly, just customers in this too. So we have a lot of people who are excited about our, our mission and want to share their experience with youth, which we're always open to. So uh, we have a youth employee who's really interested in being a filmmaker. And we have someone who comes in the cafe regularly who has a, a history working in film. So we've connected the two of them and it's like, I've never worked in film really. So how do you explain what that means? What are the career options? Um, what what could be possible? And I think that's something we run into a lot of just youth not even knowing what's possible. Like looking where we are in Andersonville, I mean, we see we see stores, but like what's actually happening in stores and what's happening on the second level? And like, what does it mean to work in insurance? Or like, what does it mean to actually be on the back end of a production company or like working in sound where we are right now? Like, what does that even mean? And so I think mm -hmm. I didn't know as a college student or as an 18 year old what any of that was. And I think many of us might have different career tra trajectories if we even knew what was out there. And so our mission is to expose our youth to as many of those opportunities as possible uh, by leveraging what their skill sets are. And how many employees do you have? So you, the, your ages that you are in your youth program are 16 to 24. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so there's like, at our peak this summer, there were 17 of us total. Sean and I included in that 17. Um, and then we've had two adult employees and then everyone else has been youth. And so this summer we had a partnership with CPS through their career technical education program. And then we have an ongoing partnership with After School Matters where students are doing an internship with us and then rolling to the next like semester or season per se in the summer um, if they're interested in continuing with us. But our goal in that is, is 
stay with us as long as you want for those things or let's find you something closer to your school or you know aligned to what you're what you're looking for because how far out do you reach so far um we have a youth employee right now who found out about us through an abc7 interview and is traveling two hours from 130th i think over the summer we had someone from mount greenwood um South Shore High School was a placement from this summer. We try and stay neighbor- pretty neighborhood specific, but uh, have found that if there's interest and enthusiasm and people are willing to travel, we don't want that long term for anyone. I think that's one of our big things is like, um, are you in play right now? We're hoping to find something closer to home, but that like we can vouch and be the social capital behind a resume uh, mm-hmm. that many youth don't have. I read that you dedicate three of the hours worked by your employees um, to kind of learning business skills. Can you talk about what that looks like? Yes. So that, I think, started as like every week we're going to get everyone together and we'll all learn the same topic together. Like, yay, this is going to work so well in a schedule. And then we realized that everyone was interested in different things. So instead of continuing to try and like shove the like puzzle piece in the wrong sized spot we shifted that a little bit so we meet one-on-one with a lot of youth and talk about like what are the business skills so that's kind of where the business projects come in so every week we're meeting either one-on-one in small group or sometimes whole group uh to discuss back-end operations or talk about different skill sets that are kind of business oriented so like how to build a budget and so we have like online resources in our employee portal along within those one-on-one conversations that we can follow up with youth about what they're learning um I think finances are a big thing that youth are really interested in and something I think adults kind of I'm gonna say talk shit about can I curse I don't know yeah, is that allowed I was, I was like in the, in the youth realm of things I was like I think adults are always like youth don't know how to manage their budgets And it's like, well, they all want to. No one's told them. And so it's we do a lot of like, how do you actually manage that? And And plus, like, it's shifted so much, right? Like, I mean, I like was doing like balancing my mother's checkbook as a child, like, but everything has shifted since then. You're not like calculating your purchases that way. Like it's via you know plastic and like online and or like venmo. or venmo like, we have like, these, like like weird alternate right things that serve as our currency right so um we do a lot on that and like i don't know i still don't fully understand interest sometimes so the fact that a 16 year old has no idea what that means or why they should be building credit or anything is what we're trying to do as well like and that often ends up being when someone is ready. So we did a lot of work with one youth who really, really wanted to buy a car. And she ident- identified that her long-term goal is to be a successful entrepreneur. And she wants to own her own hair business. And she also is an active dancer and is interested potentially in opening a dance studio. So she's got a lot of long-term goals, but they're all fueled by entrepreneurship. And we identified that her short-term goal that would facilitate this was buying a car. Because then she could travel faster. She could go where she wanted with her hair business. Um, she could then, she coaches part-time at Evanston uh, Township High School, she could get places so that time became would be eliminated as that barrier or would be lessened. So we worked a lot with her on budget for like, what does it mean to save? And how much could you allocate to a car? And, you know, with insurance for your car and fix it costs and gas, like how does that look out of your paycheck? And um, what other costs do you have? Um, so for her, that was really important. But then sometimes for our high schoolers, it's less important because it's their first job and they don't have a lot of outstanding costs like car or rent or anything. And so we talk more about savings accounts. And um, But sometimes we're doing that through the back end lens of 
or many times reading that through the back end lens of like, what do businesses think about? So when I'm running a business, I have to think about payroll. I have to think about everything we're buying. I have to think about dates that things are going to go out of date. Um, we have to think about rent. We have to think about internet. We have all these different costs and we kind of use that to build the skill set within all of our youth. So think of it in our own business helix circle, but then how do you take those skills and apply them to your own personal finances? So let's talk more about your great events. Yeah. Intercambio, held on Mondays at the cafe from 6 to 8 p.m., is a collaborative event between Helix and Central Romero. Is it open to anyone interested in learning another language and sharing their own thoughts through conversation, or how does that all work? Yes. Intercambio is awesome. So uh, Intercambio is like a little bit of my baby right now because it's a space for anyone to come who wants to, number one, just like make a new friend. Um, in talks with Centro Romero, lots of the individuals they work with, and Centro Romero is on Clark. It's one of the largest Latino nonprofits uh, on the North Side. They do a ton of really, really wonderful things. Um, in talking with them, that many of the clients they work with who are the, going there for English classes were like, yeah, this is great, but like, I don't want to feel like I'm in school, and I just want someone who speaks English as a friend. And if you think of our own social circles, I don't interact with a lot of people that don't speak English. Like, I don't have to because I have English-speaking friends. So if I went to another country, I often, I would might try and find people who spoke my same language. But, and that we're finding a lot of that in the, in the neighborhood of people staying within their own language barriers, um, unless they're forced not to. Um, and this was a place, Intercambio is a place to come to just talk with someone in a different language and share your own. And you don't have to be great at either language. I am terrible at Spanish. I've got like a high school slight Spanish career 10 plus years ago. Um, I mean, but you know the English of Intercambio. I know. I do know. Ling exchange. Okay. Intercambio. There we go. But I did actually have to ask someone at Central Romero to be like, I want to do this. What's a good name? Yeah. <laughs> and so they, uh, they assisted that. But so it's it's a space to to come and like you get – you, we often either speak in small groups or do one-on-one -on -one conversations um, with like topics and guided conversation or just like talk about your day. But um, sometimes it's 30 minutes Spanish, sometimes 30 minutes English, or just going back and forth and saying something and then being like, can you help me say this in another language? What does that look like? And um, we've had some really, really cool conversations on empathy. Um, I think we've had individuals who've shared a lot about insecurities and not speaking another language and like what holds you back from doing that and what can actually be a huge barrier to moving forward and progress and acceptance and building out your social circle and knowledge and general understanding so uh intercambio is great it's byob <laughs> it's <Ooh>. fun <laughs> but all ages <laughs> and what else could you offer so, i mean there's just so many there is that was one of our big things in opening this is we wanted to be a community hub so since we opened may 10th we've had 56 community events um and they've ranged from everything from like yoga to let's have a conversation about i mean microaggressions to a uh, class on memoir writing to we have an ongoing coffee talk conversation where it's a typically taboo topic talked about in a, a group from a lens of like philosophy or just like general fact and knowledge so we've done that on death which was really interesting we had a mortician come in and talk about like what does it physically mean to die and then like what is the philosophy around death um we've done a ton and so we've got a bunch we have a bunch coming up um we're 
doing we're going to be starting doing something called civic saturdays which is bringing in people who are interested in talking civics in their neighborhood um and that's from a woman who ran this in her house and wants to expand it to neighborhoods um we've got i think we're doing family yoga coming up <laughs> that one's on the on the radar uh we have a community member who previously ran a uh, the nation magazine discussion group that disbanded and so she's getting that up and running and talking about an article together and how that impacts community um there's like something four days a week that's really our goal is like when I look at my calendar I'm like oh man there's a lot of events and every day there should be something different and we're trying to build that out and we've got um actually we're doing another we did an artist market that was really successful and we're doing that again on October 20th uh for small vendors from the neighborhood to come in and sell things get their name out there that went over really really well um we're having a mom mom entrepreneur as the mom entrepreneurs in the neighborhood uh there's a networking group who's bringing in all the moms who are going to talk about their own entrepreneurial ventures things like that great events with the chamber (laughs) and how about any menu changes for the holiday season are you looking at that yes we are soups are coming um we're working on our soups menu we're going to be getting a grilled cheese going. Uh, our fall menu is very close to being executed. We've got, um, we have like, we have some feelings on the pumpkin spice latte. Like, you can get the pumpkin spice latte anywhere, but we want a better pumpkin drink. So we've been, we've been working on our pumpkin drinks. Um, we're working with uh, Twiddly Bits, which is a local Andersonville vendor who is going to be guiding us through an awesome selection of vegan lattes. So we're going to be using some apple butter and some brown sugar and doing basically an apple pie latte. That'll be great. Um, We've got some like praline things coming up for Halloween. We're going to have a few candy bar drinks that are limited for a few days. Lots of things coming up. And you, when you first opened, I didn't try this. I don't know if it's still on the menu or not, but you did a drink that was a mix of espresso or coffee with Topo Chico. Yes. This is our like our baby that's like getting going. Okay. So when we were opening, we were talking. Okay. Like, first of all, like Topo Chico's been around. Yes. But like what happened? Like why? I feel like Topo Chico was harnessed by our hipsters. Like we yeah. just like harnessed the love of Topo Chico. And, and like the bot, the yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember what that is. So can we clue okay. in our listeners what this Topo is? mineral water? It's sparkling okay. water. Yeah, yeah. It comes in glass bottles. You have to actually physically remove the top. Like it's not a twist off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really tasty. It's delicious. It's it's mineral water. It's, you know, it's it's your glass bottle of LaCroix with no flavor in it. But uh, a popular drink in like Nashville and Austin is like cold brew concentrate or espresso with Topo Chico and like lime or orange. It's really quite good. So uh, we had that on there for a bit. We're working on rolling that back out. We were wasting a lot of Topo Chico and want to, we were really trying to reduce our waste also, which in the coffee shop world is often really, really hard. So we've been thinking consciously about that. But um, it was awesome and it's really good. And so if you ever request it, we will make it for you. But it's not like listed right now. Okay. It's the secret menu. Okay. Mm -hmm. Doesn't like Jamba Juice have that? I don't know. A lot of places I was like, there's secret menu. We don't yeah. have an in and out here, but you know. I was gonna say not anything animal style. I don't think. Yeah, that, exactly. That likes, but <laughs> <laughs> we could. I'll put that on the docket. Um. Also about your catering business, you touched on it briefly, yes. but yes, we're really excited to roll out catering. Um. One of our youth employees is our director of catering. She was promoted to that and has been thinking through that a lot. Um. We do all your breakfast catering in terms of like 
pastries, coffee, tea, um, but then some fun things like breakfast tacos, and we'll we'll put those on site for you. But then we also have a great lunch and like lighter dinner menu with wraps and half sandwiches and do like some veggie platters that are tasty, things like that. But our our sandwiches are mobile now. So if you're interested, please let us know. We've been getting a lot of those on the move um, and getting a really great reception to them. So, so far, so good. No major complaints. And in terms of booking you for that, how do you? Yeah. So we've got um, on our website, if you go to the catering tab, you can find all the information right there. Great. Um, well, we've come to the point in our episode where we always like to ask our guest if you had the opportunity to switch places with an Andersonville business for the day, who you might pick. Oh, as in like I would get to run their business or just like be a fly on the wall. Either. I mean, some people okay. are like, I just want to go into George's and eat the ice cream. I don't even really want to <laughs> scoop it, but <laughs> women I'll and do children that. first, hands down. Okay. I would just sit there and read books all day, or like be like, well, how do you do and be so awesome? I would love, love, love that. I also have a little bit of a a, a new, uh, well, I'm from Nebraska originally and drove through Iowa my entire life. So I've been to Ray Gun my entire life and have been like, this is the greatest. So to now have one in our neighborhood is awesome. So I've been excited about them and Midwest pride. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. My mom was born in Des Moines. And so like when they have all their like Iowa t-shirts, like you don't really get the humor in them unless like you have a relative or have been through Yes, through Des Moines exactly. but it, they're hilarious they're great <laughs> so that's a fun newbie but women and children first would probably be my switch for a day and do you still have family back in Omaha? I do I do do you take Both. A, a southwest flight or do you I am a southwest flyer okay. yes well I drive sometimes it depends it's not bad I had really I had bad. family um who lived in Omaha and Lincoln Nebraska so we made several trips a year to right? Lincoln yeah it's a, it's a good place yeah well, thank you, Caitlin, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Helix Cafe, please visit helixcafe.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. 